tonight's message, you know, as I, I'm, I'm not really, I've, I was even telling my mom this morning, I'm not so much a teacher. So whenever you come in here, it's more of an exhortation when you hear from me. Um, but I, I like to think that I re, re-liven certain things, certain spiritual truths that you're already aware of. Um, but also, I like to share with you about trials and tribulations that I'm going through and what the Lord's sharing with me, because I believe the Holy Spirit is moving in the earth right now. And I try my best to lay before the Lord and submit my life to Him on a daily basis and in a moment-by-moment basis. And I try to hear from the Holy Spirit and what He's doing. And as my life gets to moving, I, I, I try to relinquish control. And for a man, that's, that's difficult because, you know, you've got children at home and a wife and you're, you just feel like you've got to provide. I've got to be the one. I've got to make it happen. And while there is a sense of responsibility that's placed on me, the truth is that it's not me that's making anything happen. It's as I submit to the Lord and His movings in my life that things come to pass. If I want to walk in His will for my life, I've got to submit to His will, right? Well, this past couple of weeks in preparation for Band of Brothers have been blessed, to say the least. Um, Work has been coming in. I've gotten more work than I know what to do with. I'm training someone new and... It's just, you know, it's like when you're, you've seen those plate spinners, the people that will spin plates for the Guinness Books of World Records. How many plates can they spin on us? And they've got this whole assembly of plates that they've got spinning and they're tending to them. And if they stop for a moment on one plate, it's going to crash and screw up the whole ensemble. Well, sometimes I feel like that. I think there's a phrase, even a one-arm paper hanger. Well, I find myself trying to meet deadlines and trying to please every single person out there that has a demand on me, including those who are working with me and for me. And then there's church life and needing to please all that the ministry calls for. And then there's family life and needing to to please all that takes place there. There's just a lot of pleasing going on. And uh, at least the attempt of pleasing going on. And um, I just, and then the phone rings, you know, I'm, I'm juggling all of these things and the phone rings and I've got mortar on my hands and I'm trying to do this thing and that and I got paint going on over here and how am I going to reach in my pocket and get the phone because I know it's this person that's calling me needing me over there to do this thing and I'm already late and gosh if I could just get it all done and a ministry or a message at least was born (laughs) out of a moment just like that this past couple of weeks and it's just a rush Matt if you would just throw that on the screen I, I entitled today's message what's the big hurry because this, this is a message that's near and dear to my heart. And I believe it is for all of us. But can you remember back in the day? I mean, this is back in the day for me. But those little things called pagers that you would wear. And if somebody needed to get a hold of you and they couldn't reach you on your house phone that actually had a cord on it. You remember that? You couldn't actually walk outside because there was a cord on the phone. They would page you. And you'd have codes like, you know, if it's really important... Just give me a 911. If you just want information, put 411 on there. You know, remember the messages? And then there was 143. How many of you remember 143? You're the only one. That means I love you. And then there were some other messages that we're not going to get into that would come through the pager. But those are the days when it seemed like life was a lot more simple because you weren't constantly at everybody's beck and call. You could, you know, it was a matter of you having to get that page, find a pay phone, 
One wasn't always available. So the person that paged you didn't always demand your immediate attention. Well, I was having a moment here in the past couple of weeks that made me kind of wish we, were, we went back about two decades because it's just, it's hectic. It's crazy. There's so much going on. And now with the ability to receive email on your cell phone and text and Twitter and Facebook and call people and meet people in person and fax people stuff, it's information overload. And it's caused us to get really, really, really busy and be able to do so many things and be expected to do so many things at one time that, quite frankly, I don't think we were designed for all this. However, that being said, we got to ask ourselves the question, why are we rushing so, so much? And that's been the question that's been on my spirit. What's the big hurry? Why is everybody in a big hurry? Why has this got to be done yesterday? And the reality is, whether you want to believe it or not, is it didn't have to be done yesterday. There is no hurry. It's a, it's a made-up thing. And I, I don't want to over-spiritualize this. I want to keep it practical. But I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the enemy, who is the God of this world, the little G, God of this world, has created it in such a way that we're so busy putting out fires, we can't tend to our calling in Christ. And as we get more and more busy, we become less and less in God's will. Last time I spoke to you all, I talked about needing an alignment to being aligned into God's will. In order to be in God's will, we've got to become, we've got to come to a place of rest. I guess the biblical example of rest is the Sabbath. And this is a state of being. It's a place where we come to Him to get refueled, recharged. It's where the Holy Spirit does His work in our lives. Because if you are truly a child or a son or daughter of God, it is not you who performs the ministry. It shouldn't be. I shouldn't be preaching a message tonight. I should be giving you what the Holy Spirit puts on me. Because there's nothing new under the sun. The Holy Spirit has is, is got to flow through His people to be able to speak. I'm an imperfect soul. You do not want to take advice from Noah Pruitt. Trust me. No amen. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Bobby. <laughs> we might need to talk later. I, I don't know. That, but um, the time of rest in Christ supersedes all else because more work is done on the day of rest than could take place in your whole work week. The Holy Spirit does more choreographing and orchestrating during that time than you can ever imagine. My brother and I have a joke, and you guys have probably shared this amongst one another, that whenever we get stopped at a red light or in our case, a school bus at a crosswalk or a railroad track. We live in North Charleston, and there that's that happens. The school year's in, and we're it's just patience. Just have patience. 25 miles an hour through the school zone, stop behind the four school buses that are stopping for no train, just the track. Get a, and it's just, but we laugh and say, you know what? The Lord is sparing us from something out there. You know, He's orchestrated it so that we catch these lights because He's keeping us from what could have been out there. If we start to get rushy and pushy and, and kick these doors open and blow through the red light because we're impatient, well, 
you know, don't be surprised when something happens. And whether that be completely true or not, I, I know that God's hand is on us. But we've got to understand that when we're in rest, and when I say rest, that doesn't mean stopping. That doesn't mean not going to work. That doesn't mean, it means just being in Him. That can take place while you're at work. That takes place while you're driving. That takes place while you're at, behind a school bus at a railroad track. If we can get a revelation of 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9, I just want to read through. There's a few scriptures that I wanted to share with you tonight just to remind you of some things. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, our God is not bound by a watch. Our, our God, He can manipulate time. He created time. There is no time in Him. So we've got to understand that when, we're, when we feel commissioned to do a thing, or we have a calling on our life, and we set this, this timeline out there that says, by December 31st, I want to achieve this. The, the, the problem with that is that you want to achieve it by then. We're setting ourselves up for disappointment in a lot of areas. Let me continue. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is a... We've heard this forever, and we, we preach it. When, when some of our friends, that's some of the best advice we can give somebody. When somebody's stressing out, you know, that's the one that you, oh, they're there now. Be anxious for nothing, Christ says. But in all things. And while that is true, we need to adopt that as our own personal revelation. Because this is what happens. As we, as we acknowledge this in Christ, we understand that time is of no essence to Him. And that He's called us to be anxious for nothing, but to go to Him for everything then it's amazing how things just come into pass. Now, I'm in, a, I'm in a business where, you know, because I've, I've worked for myself, people think I'm my own boss. Well, that's just a lie. I, everybody I work for is my boss. You know, for those of you who don't know, I, I'm in, a, in the construction business. And I have many, many bosses. And they've all got timelines. Everybody, you know, they've got family coming over in two weeks. The bathroom model needs to be done by then. But then the next one is going to be going out of town and they would really like to have the work done while they're gone. And it just so happens that technically I should be done with that bathroom before I come into your kitchen and tear it apart while you're gone to the Bahamas sending me postcards. And then after that, and I put together this beautiful calendar and it, on paper it's wonderful. It's great. Well, then you involve the inspectors, the permitting process, the order that went bad, the, the, the vanity that came in broken, the, the this, the that. Next thing you know... There's that anxiety the Bible talks about. And you try to preach that scripture to me at that point, and it's just, yeah, I get it, but do you, do you get it? I'm, 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 I'm freaking out here. What I'm learning is the truth. As I submit my life to Christ and as I walk out His statutes and live with character and, and integrity and, and function in His will, it's amazing how He orchestrates the calendar and how that job, those people are going into 
to Bahamas in, in two weeks and I had to be done with that reno and it was just going to work. And I'm halfway through the reno and I'm realizing there's no way. That's just not going to happen. And as, as if, if I can muster up the, the, the faith to say, Lord, I'm in your hands. I'm on your timetable. I'm just going to work with joy. I'm going to work as unto you. I'm not going to rush this. I'm going to do it as, as unto you. Lo and behold, I get a phone call from the Smiths who are leaving to the Bahamas in two weeks who say, you know what? I'm terribly sorry because I do realize that you have orchestrated your life around us leaving in this day. And I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to really hurt you and your schedule and timeline and maybe profitability and all the jobs afterwards. But is it possible to push our job a week ahead? Because we're not going to be able to leave that day. We're going to have to wait a week. Wow. Yeah. Well, it just so happens that that'd be great. And, and I could use it to my advantage and say, well, it's going to be real tough. I'll see if I can make that happen. You do know I'll have slack time and I might have to charge. No, I won't charge him for it. But nonetheless, I, I'm just giving you this example because as we start to get anxious and, and want to, you know, just push doors open that shouldn't be ours to push open or close doors that shouldn't be ours to close, he just orchestrates it. And only on the other end do you look back and say, wow, God, that was awesome. You, you were paying attention to me. Was I praying every day about it? And Lord, please help me, help me, help me. Not necessarily. I just was functioning in him. And he just knew. And he said, don't, I got it. And when he, it's always nice to know on the other end that he had, he was going to do it. But coming up to it when you're like, Lord, I'm approaching this, this cliff. Are you going to let me just walk? And then it's amazing. He puts a plank right down in front of you. Bought me another two weeks. And then just about the time you're going to get off there, he puts on, and he just is so faithful. And when we sing these worship songs, these praise songs, and I go before him and I, I marvel at his greatness and his awesomeness that he's done all that he's done. I rejoice in the fact that as we press into his will, as we, as we study his word and as we grow in him and as we move forward in him, he just, he lays it out before us. Even before we even know it's going to sit there, you just kind of, It's a stressful life being a Christian, if you let it. All right, back to the notes. Um, what are we trying to do in, in all this hurrying? Many times we're trying to acquire material things. And I think, I believe that materialism is a drive for a lot of Americans. Achievement manifests itself in a house, in this desired subdivision with the car that was on the poster that was hanging in your garage for so many years when you lived in the dump. And now finally, I'm, oh, our sense of accomplishment comes with every step we take towards the materialistic American way and all this stuff that we don't get to take with us. But that causes, that desire for those things causes us to press through this rush and live and stress and divorce our wives and foster our children and to do these things that God is, they're despicable things. Our mindset needs not be on the things of this world, but on the eternal. I mean, he, he said it himself that he will know our hearts by where we place our riches. And I don't necessarily mean our riches in the form of cash money. I'm talking about the time and investment and our faith and our, our, our sweat equity, the time that we sat with that kid 
that nobody else would talk to in high school. The time that we sat with our boss, who nobody else liked and was intimidated by, to witness to him because you just knew that there was a calling there. As we're, we're focused on these things and not the things that are going to deteriorate, that moths are going to eat and they're going to rust and be left behind. We don't need to concern ourselves with all of that. Now, that's not to say that there's not a, a need for, you know, there are, you know, God designed this earth and Jesus talks about money all the time and he had a job and he understands it, he gets it. But more importantly than finance is favor. And I want to talk to you about that here in just a little bit. But uh, sometimes the media tells us what we're going to look like in life. Sometimes individuals are going to tell us, you know, you've all heard the statement, keeping up with the Joneses. And I've, my business thrives on that. Because as I'm doing the outdoor kitchen for the Smiths, well, the Joneses aren't going to have them one-upping them. I want an outdoor kitchen too, but I want mine better, bigger. I want two grills. I want, I want, and it's just crazy. Hey, that's more ministry opportunities for me. But it's amazing how the world functions, especially the more influence people get and the more successful we become. It's amazing how our attention can be drawn away from the things that truly matter and how they just get dumped on things that don't matter, like a bigger outdoor kitchen, an outdoor kitchen. Really, you never, they never even use it. It's just something... Anyway, if you were considering an outdoor kitchen, I didn't mean to talk you out of it. Come see me afterwards and I'll give you, we'll talk about it. No. Um, anyway, um, here's the thing is God gives us a vision. And this is where, this is kind of where I wanted to focus. Okay. This is, I'm bringing all this to, to, to life right now is that God gives us each a vision. God has a calling on individual lives. We all have a purpose and a plan and a destiny and a function in this planet earth. He didn't just accidentally place you here. And with that vision comes timelines that only he knows. Only he knows the day or the hour that Christ is coming back. And only he knows the day or the hour that your ministry or the vision that he's called you to is going to come to pass. Until then, we wait. What does waiting look like? Do we sit down? Is this what waiting looks like? I got a, somebody at a bus stop. I don't think so. Another term for a, a server is a waiter, right? When you go to a restaurant, you're waited on. When God's talking about waiting, that's the kind of waiting he's told me I'm supposed to do anyway. And it's a, as servants, he came here to serve and to model what it looks like to serve. He was a waiter. He was a professional waiter. He was the professional waiter. He was a foot washer a sickness healer. He took to the low places that we might be set on the high places. And with that comes great responsibility. We are to mimic what he's done in the earth and that's serving. Well, here's the conundrum. In Habakkuk um, chapter 2, it says, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may, that, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end I will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Psalm 40, psalmist writes, I waited patiently for the Lord. 
and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. These are, these are truths that preach so well. But how many of you have been in a horrible pit and called out to the Lord and just felt like he was not listening? How many of you have been there? I know I have. But to know that he has heard and it is at his appointed time, and this is what we don't get. We live in a microwave society. Everything's got to be now, now, now. But if we could just wait upon him and in the, in the pit... We can minister to those who are also down there with us. We have, a, we have a job. He's allowed us to be there. While he didn't probably place us in that horrible pit, he's allowing it to be for a time, for a season, until he is ready to pull us out and set our feet upon a rock. But what did we do while we were down there? And that's always the question I ask. And just yesterday, we had a funeral here. And there was a man, um, Jimmy Powers is his name, who lived a, a good long life. And there was, his time was up. It was done. No more time. And I talked to his, his kids and to hear the responses was, it just encouraged me so much for, for talking tonight about this very subject. But in, in the hardest of times, they were able to make the best of this time. Understand. They didn't have, they didn't have um, the worries and troubles that so many people do when someone's going to go home to be with the Lord. They had a joy in their heart. When I mean, I would call that in the world a horrible pit to know that dad's dying. I dealt with it not long ago, and it was, it was the joy of the Lord that was able to carry me through. But I thank him for that truth, and that same truth applies in every aspect of our life. If we're willing to wait on him while we're in that in that time. Many of us are rushing to achieve something, even good things. And this sometimes gives place to uh, some darkness in our lives. Talking about the bathroom windows and all that good stuff, you know, there's been times when I've walked into a, a project or a, a proposal and I look at a, a house and Kelly and I have worked together on this too when we've considered buying a fixer-upper and we walk in and it's just a mess, just a rat hole. But I'm able to kind of put that aside in my mind and see the bones of the structure and say, you know, we can do something here. Where she looks at me and says, what are you talking about? I mean, there's, what? And I convince her that, yeah, I mean, it could be this. And I'll paint, I'll paint a picture. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, okay, I could see it. Well, we haven't had the opportunity or haven't taken the plunge to do that personally, but I have done it on behalf of other people to go in and give them a vision for a room, a house, and they get it, and oh, wow, this is that's great. I love it. Okay, here, sign the contract. Here, let's get going. And then I come in and I tear everything out. I come back and say, "How does it look? It looks great, doesn't it?" And it's worse. I mean, to them, it looks worse. It's like, but what? Uh, you're supposed to be fixing my house. Why are you tearing it apart? Well, bear with me. We're we're working towards a vision. Yeah, but this is not. We didn't agree to go backwards. We were supposed to paint these walls, and you know, put, uh, 
this is, I don't, they start, I don't like this. I'm, I feel like I'm going backwards. Well, do you want me to stop now? <laughs> no. So we keep pressing in. We keep moving forward towards a vision. They come a week later and it's still a dusty mess and the house, the rest of the house is tarped off and, you know, they're, they get, they get anxious and oh, this is not done yet. I mean, I've been, it's been two days. What's going on? I've seen this, you know, the extreme makeover home edition. They built a whole house in a week. What are you doing? This is just a bathroom. The option is, listen, do you want me to hurry up and just, just kind of cut some corners and, and get this thing done, wrap it up so that it looks good? Or do you want me to do this? And I truly believe God is asking us that same question. We go through life with a vision that he might have given us. And we see the end, but we don't want to do all the work, the, the dirty stuff, the stuff that even feels like you're taking steps back. We don't want to do all that to, to move into his purpose, to move into his will, to see that, to be the Joyce Myers. You know, I know Kelly sometimes feels like, man, I just, I know I have a calling in my life and I'm supposed to be, and I believe it too. But we're changing diapers right now. Literally. Poopy diapers. That's our ministry right now. Later, Europe. Today, 5508 Buskirk. It gets uncomfortable and discouraging at times. And I made a list of things that it gets at times. I could go all night with what it gets at times. But I just want to say this. When we get in a hurry, we can become disappointed, discouraged, selfish, confused, frustrated, worry, untrusting. We start to lack trust in God's ability to do what He said He's going to do for us. We even get fearful and greedy. These are just a few. But the bad thing about all of these things is that they're all sins. As we get impatient with God and what He's going to do, we ourselves fall into sin. The Word of God tells us that people who become self-seeking or, or envious, that there's going to be all kinds of confusion and evil things going on there. In James 3, 15 through 17, it says, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic even. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil, evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Wow. Huh. We're going to come to a close here in just a minute. I've got so much more I'd love to say. But um, understand this, that between now and your vision, between now and your destiny, there's so many little blessings that God wants to unveil to you. And we miss those when we get in a hurry. We miss that opportunity for the divine appointment that he may have set up for us at Lowe's when I went to pick up the paint to finish the wall. And instead of just running in there with my mission, my goal, I've got to get my thing done because I'm in a hurry, and I get this tallied up, hey, have a good day, and I run back out. Just We need to take the time to be in him in those moments of hurriedness, he is still there. There's still that still small voice. And if we can learn to tune into that, 
even amidst the timeline, he understands he's got, you've got some tight things going on and he's not going to let you fail as his child. Even if you don't meet the deadline, you won't die. It's just a phrase, deadline. You're not going to die. He wants us to be able to walk in him the whole way through. There's so many opportunities that we're going to have to stop and talk to somebody about Jesus. Somebody's going to say, hey, how are you? And if you're truthful at the moment, I don't know that, I would like you to, to, to ask yourself, what would that look like? Are you truly joyful? Are you blessed and highly favored? As the canned response would, get, would go. Or are you really blessed and highly favored? Can you get that in your spirit? Can you, even in the midst of times that you're, you're in a hurry or you have things to do, can you bless God and say thank you for a life in which I am even granted the opportunity to do these things? And when you have an opportunity to speak to a human being, to not be that person that just shrugs off the importance of maybe somebody's issue, when somebody calls you yet again the third time today, boohooing about their boyfriend, Billy, teens, or, you know, somebody that, just, you know, you just don't have time for right now. I just don't have time for you right now. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Now I'm going to trust that as we go out tonight, I believe that the Holy Spirit is in this room right now and he's going to anoint us to know to, how to discern his voice and how to discern those times in which we're supposed to lay down our selfish ambitions and when we're supposed to pick up the, the, the burdens of others. There is a balance here. And I'm, I'm not, don't walk away from here thinking that I'm telling you that you're not important and everybody else is. Because we need to realize that, there, and this will be a revelation for someone here tonight. We are not called to be man pleasers. We are not called to please everybody. I've spent a lot of time in my life trying to please everybody and be something to everybody. It will wear you out. You will have nothing to give and you'll be nothing to anybody. If you can just get the revelation right now, just listen to me. If you can learn to please God and Him alone, everybody else will be happy. When they see the fruit that comes from that in your life, you're going to be like a nice blossoming fruit tree in the midst of a desert that everybody's going to be drawn to to just pluck off a piece and have some. Juicy, sweet fruit. Because you are willing to lay down that people-pleasing side of you. That's what generates busyness, busyness, busyness. I've got to please you. I've got to please you. I've got to please you. No, we've got to please Him. And as we're pleasing Him, trust me, everything else falls into place. That's just a God-given truth. I'm going to skip down through everything here to, to this point and to make this, I just want to get this out, that the Lord always provides. We've got to understand that in Matthew 6, 25, we've all heard this, but just get this, okay? Just get this. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body or what to put, it on, to put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Nobody. The Lord always provides for them. We need favor more than we need financial stability. We need his favor. Favor can take us places that our money will never get us. Look at Noah and his family. His lives were spared during the flood. 
because Noah found favor in God's eyes, right? I mean, all hell was breaking loose. I can, can, can I get an amen? Was this earth in dire straits that day? And one man found favor and his whole family was spared as a result. God gave the Israelites favor with the Egyptians before they left the land. They didn't... Do you realize that no one left empty-handed? Picture that scene. Egyptians and Israelites. Wow. God can seriously cross some boundaries. Esther found favor and became a queen. King David found favor with God. Jesus, Daniel, Joshua, Moses, these are just a few. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Just remember that this is a temporary place and that the decisions that you're making here are going to extend on to eternity. All right? Get, get, just get this in mind. Pray to God and ask Him to help you wait patiently in Him, just like a farmer waits for his crop to come up after he sows seed. That's the hardest thing in the world I can only imagine. But with the faith, a little faith and a little bit of watering, it's just amazing what happens. And then lastly, we want to meditate and show yourself approved. Because it doesn't just happen in theory. This is a practical application that has to follow through with this. I'm glad you're here to hear this, but it does no good whatsoever unless you're living it out in the earth. God is faithful. Trust in Him all the way and seek His face. I don't know why I wrote this here, but I'm told I've got to read it. But with this, God will grant us a peace that surpasses all understanding and a favor that carries us through anything. Don't we serve an awesome God? I mean, when, when I think about what He can do, I was standing at a woman's house today. We were finishing up a, a bathroom, and I'm standing outside, and I'm in front of this bush. I'm not sure what kind it was, but there were these beautiful blooms on it. And I just thought it funny that the time of year that I just was marveling at, wow, these are gorgeous flowers. And I looked, and there's these bees, like yellow jackets, just all up in the pollen. You know, they're, they're just nestling in there like a clownfish in an anemone. And then he'd leave from that one, and he'd just kind of glide into another one where there's another bee in there, and there's two bees, and they're kind of going at it in the pollen puff. And then they both go off to the other one. And I'm just watching it, just going, man, that is cool. And it smelled so good. And just hearing them buzz was just, it was surreal just to take a moment and just, wow, stopping to smell the roses. I mean, this literally happened today, and I'm just, it's coming to me right now that I even took the time to, to stop and enjoy it. But when I see these things, I marvel at who God is because even in those little details, do you realize what's taking place there symbiotically with the bee and the pollen and the, how important those little bugs are to our vegetation, I mean, to the whole earth. I mean, without bees, I mean, where would we be? It's crazy, just a bee. But he orchestrates this in such a fashion that is just mind-boggling. Who am I to think that he can't handle my puny little life? And I understand, my, we're, it's not a puny little life, but you understand my point. What in my life is so big that the God of the universe who created that thing going on right there can't handle it? I mean, really. Let's pray.